Welcome to the Be Signal Podcast, the podcast where filmmakers and fans talk about film and how it impacts our lives. I'm your host, B. Anthony. And now our feature presentation. Welcome to the Be Signal Podcast. I am your host, B. Anthony. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I'm so glad that you guys are tuning in um, and that you're enjoying what you are hearing. I'm getting your emails and you guys are just amazing. If you want to email and and just share your thoughts about the uh, show, you can reach out to me at bsignalpodcast at gmail.com or you can DM me. Uh, Our IG is at bsignalpodcast. And yeah, this week I brought my friends Leisha and Deidre back and uh, we're going to talk about the new documentary on um, Discovery Plus entitled uh, Hillsong, A Mega Church Exposed. I thought it would be cool to not only talk about the documentary, but the impact that it would have both on the faith-based community and just the world at large. Without further ado, here's this week's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, uh, real quick question, and you tell me your thoughts. Uh, Deidre, you weren't here for last week's episode. 10 years, this man is out of the academy um what how where are we with this this is the last time i'm going to talk about this but i just that that how how are we feeling about the 10-year sentence it's not a sentence but i remained silent on this topic because like what are we talking about um but the 10-year thing it's 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 moot Mm -hmm. that's how i felt formative at best and i don't know if you guys saw the article that um martian manhunter wrote um but lisha do you get that reference no okay martian manhunter wrote an article uh-huh. um, he also stars on oh what's that show blacklist he was also in the five heartbeats the five heartbeats okay. mm-hmm. uh, harry lennox i think is he was in the matrix he's he's um, an icon remember that he was in the uh, he was in the I, sequels let's not, let's not throw around the word icon however <laughs> let's just keep it real. he wrote an op-ed piece um and he said he the only way to restore class or whatever to the oscars is for will smith to give his oscar back i thought that was very interesting and i'm not giving you back something i earned that i earned i earned it I did slap the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth. That absolutely happened. The two are separate. The They're two separate. Both be true. I earned it, and I slapped him into last week. Both of those things are true. And what I'm struggling with in regards to this whole thing is, um, I was so traumatized. <laughs> I, now I can't do comedy anymore. My kids can't watch the Oscars. I'm sorry, was Gavin watching the Oscars, Leisha? Because Bella certainly was in bed. <laughs> yeah, no, it was too late. And so, like, just all of this thing, I don't want to, you know, there's the piece where it could be, we could get into the color thing. I just think it's self-serving trash because how recently was Roman Polanski um, nominated within Which... the last 10 years? You know better these things better than I do, Brian. Um, Mel Gibson, Roman Polanski, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein. Like all of these people, sorry. Um, it's my Canadian accent. Maybe you can do that accent for us later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but all of this 
Um, no one ever talked about taking Bill Cosby's Emmys away. Those are things mm-hmm. you've earned. If you want right. to throw away um, my position on a board that you've given me, that's one thing. He earned right. that Oscar and everyone jumping on this bandwagon. And that's why I say he's not an icon. Is Harry a good actor? Absolutely. <laughs> no, he doesn't have an Oscar, an Oscar or an Emmy. And he's been mm-hmm. on TV and in movies and has yeah. an illustrious career, but he's not an icon. So you know who gets to say give it back? Denzel, Jamie, Morgan, Sydney. Rest his soul. Those are the people who get to say he should give it back. But you know what? They've all been silent. Yeah. As the well, rest of those well, should be before we Sydney all get slapped. Is, isn't, I said isn't here anymore. Yeah, I know. She but if, she, but she, if she, he came back and said give it back, I would say that might be a thing. Yeah. Right. Then then give it back, Will. Give it back. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm I'm under the same that actually, honestly, I don't even care. I don't care. I, I don't care. <laughs> like I don't. for real. Like, okay. Like if this were if these were regular people, right? I seen people get slapped all the time. Okay. This week. How about that? Right. You oh, know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh you know. It's unfortunate. And I understand even the people who have said that they were, um, you know, traumatized or whatever. I, I get that to a point. But at, at the end of the day, like you experience something, feel, understand that you experienced something, go through whatever emotions you had to go through and move on. Like that's it. That that just that's life. Because they were rich when he slapped them, and they were rich after, mm-hmm. and I still have bills to pay. Mm, that part. My opinion is not bringing me a dime. Because unless Will has to pay our bills, and this is keeping which, him from doing it, which it is it, not. Listen, listen. If that's an option, can we put that out there? Like, can we add that to the mix? If you pay our bills, then then you're right. good. I, I I read an article with the Hollywood Reporter, um, and they have all these members of the Academy or in the industry just giving their thoughts on it. Um, and they're very interesting. I'll send you both the link later. Um, but Beverly Walker, marketing and public relations, uh, said this statement, uh, too much. They were asking, is it too little, too late, too much? That was the whole idea behind the article. Um, she said too much. Given that he had already resigned and apologized elaborately, five years would have been sufficient. But there is an issue which surprisingly to me, no one has been almost, which surprisingly to me has been almost totally ignored. And that is the Academy's longstanding habit of hiring comedian hosts to march out and insult or make fun of of the very people being celebrated. Mm -hmm. Given the expression of some faces, there have undoubtedly been some who would have liked to have made some sort of protest. What Rock said was, egregious and he had to know it would not be appreciated this should have been taken into consideration in meeting out and met uh, and meting out the punishment to smith um that one stood out to me because and i don't know if we're ever going to have the conversation um from my perspective because you're, you're going to shut down a whole industry of just comedy, right? If you're forcing people to really think about what they say before they say it, and even down to insulting people, um, which I do know is a branch of comedy, but 
there was a one point where it was a literally a a, a branch because not everyone was doing that and now it seems like that is comedy today and i i i'm curious is that conversation ever really going to be had um no i don't even think that's relevant to be honest it's you don't think so if i go to a comedy show which i wouldn't do like in a small comedy club and sit in the front row Mm -hmm. right um i'm gonna be a little explicit brian you're gonna be uncomfortable leisha's cool back in the day when i used to be bigger i would never sit in the front of a comedy show so someone could point out that my boobs are huge i know they're huge and i'm putting myself on display they're not anymore brian you can think about that we'll talk about it later i was waiting for the explicit part but okay no you know it's my boobs Um, oh oh okay i mean yeah so if i was really tall really short really fat really skinny i'm not going to go sit in the front row of a comedy show because there are comedians who come for you in that way right um and so if i'm put why would i put myself in that situation right however at the academy awards where I've put on this dress that costs more than my house, I'm sure, and mm. did all of these things, there is an expectation that this is what's going to happen and we all need to be cool because Chris Rock wasn't even as harsh as Ricky Gervais was or right. other hosts have been. How, again, it's all of this performative, now I can't do comedy, Cheryl Underwood, now I'm threatening <laughs> you. Really? You're concerned? Because your mouth is foul and always has been. And, and always has been. happened to you. Yeah. So, all of this is wagonous, as we call it in Jamaica. You're jumping on the bandwagon because you had nothing else to say and now you're being given an opportunity. And at the end of the day, we do need to recognize that the way they're treating this black man, they didn't have this much outrage when Mel Gibson was being anti-Semitic. Mm. Um, they didn't have this much outrage when Adrian Brody kissed Halle Berry, Halle Berry. His, mouth, his mouth open uninvited, which is sexual mm-hmm. assault. Uh They didn't have any of this. Preach. And so there is a part of the Black community that says, like, leave us with our business. But what we saw was what we do. And that's why most of us are like, can we just like, I mean. Can we just move on? He slapped the taste out of my father's mouth one day. And we were just like, well, well, we shouldn't have said that. And we kept it moving. Kept it moving. Right. Is, um. banning people his wife's a jezebel everyone just calm calm down everyone be cool so on the beast signal podcast we're not talking about it anymore i'm done Uh, i do want to point out though um the last name um lupita by far she has blessed me with the face (laughs) by far of her just looking (laughs) the way she did Uh during that whole moment um it's just the gift that keeps on giving um so okay but we're not talking about that today um and treachery let's go uh, yeah let's go for it so i'm going to give credit to deidre um i had seen the documentary before she suggested it um and it never crossed my mind to talk about it on the show um a because it was a gut punch on a lot of levels for me personally um and then b it, it just for it, it left me wanting to just really go back process it um because that organization i grew up listening to um hillsong 
And I remember listening to Shout to the Lord on WGCS mm-hmm. and thinking it was the best thing ever, right? And after watching this, I'm like, was I part of the science project? Like, did it work on me too? Like, they gotcha. Did they get me? So all their words and, I, and burn it out, Jesus. They all of that. So okay, for those of you who don't know, ID Plus, which by far is the best thing since sliced bread. Um, I love I, the ID channel. I'm sorry, Discovery Plus. Um, and in the Discovery Plus app, they have the ID channel section so it's pretty much um uh, what do you call it like crime tv um where you see people like commit these horrendous crimes um my favorite show to watch on there believe it or not is um uh was it wives with knives or something like that (laughs) yeah and i am just determined to pay attention to everything so I don't cause anyone to be that mad at me to where they feel like they have to stab me. Um, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I want to so, stop Buford right now, and he's. Like, it's just gonna happen. No, it's a great. I just love ID Channel. But when I saw this, admittedly, I didn't want to look at it because, um, just on being churchy, yes, world churchy, fine. Um, I was like, I'm not going to look at this. I'm tired of people coming for Christians and we're not all bad. And, you know, I'm just, that's just where my mind was. And the other part of me was like, well, just look. It's, you know, you like content. And it's just always interesting, as I said on another show, when I was talking about Save on um, my, another uh, episode I did earlier this season, just to see the world's perspective of the church. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at it. My God, um, the th- thing that came to mind immediately was um, it's unfortunate that uh, <laughs> it, that I think for me personally, well, ne- let me not say it that way. I I just didn't know. <laughs> I, I didn't have an awareness, but you look know about what exactly what did you know about Brian? Right. I didn't know about Brian, the founder yeah. of Hillsong. Episode three is the only thing that could have blown your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, okay. the Carl Lentz portion. Um, you didn't know that pastors preach holiness and sleep with their congregation members. You didn't. No, 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 no. I did. I, okay. I was about to say because I mean I feel like behave, sure. behave, be careful, be careful, be careful. Uh, no, be careful. I'm, I'm, I, it's Listen, true. I can speak freely because my pastor is without scandal. So <laughs> yes, he is. Say the same, right? Lisa? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, so we can talk. Wait, wait, no. You said I could say the same. Your pastor? Oh, no, I can't. Scandal? Oh my Jesus, Here we are. Brian, and uh, I which is yeah, we can say the same. <laughs> but but I mean I can. Well, I mean I I that like the documentary didn't shock me at all right like nothing yeah. about it made me like oh 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 uh clutch pearls no i was just like uh, yeah oh, okay yeah. Mm. yeah well see i think for me um and i it's no secret i grew up in a mega church right mm-hmm. and so what it took me back to um just as a human being thinking is like okay not questioning the integrity of any church that I've been a part of. I love all the churches that I've been a part of. But running a church today, I think one question is, 
how much of it is Jesus inspired, Jesus breathed, Jesus led, you know, really spiritual. And then how much of it is you really following a business plan and, you know, developing a marketing strategy and you're working Jesus into it. But at the, I think they said it a lot in the documentary, you're not trying to create disciples. You know, you're trying to do everything else but that. Um, And I think that for me was the part that was kind of hard to chew. Um, Not the scandalous part of it, right? It was more so the part of the, of, I always talk about on this podcast, what's your why for doing anything? And looking at the commentators talk about it, um, it was just very interesting to hear or to see how they were processing it all. Um, I'm really trying to be careful and I don't know why I'm trying to be careful. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I will say, the only thing I was surprised about is seeing it in a white church. Really? For some reason, I always thought, this is just me, I thought that some of the trappings that came with the hero worship of a Black church, Mm -hmm. I always thought that in um, non-Black churches, they were a little bit more, is communal the right word? Like, you know, we we love titles in the Black church. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in in non-Black churches, like the first lady is Jane. And you are right. and and you know they don't it didn't appear to me that they did hierarchy I struggle with that word but you know what I'm trying to say type things yeah hierarchical I got you an hierarchy. hierarchy in the way we do um mm-hmm. because we are incredibly title position driven and you know you take any kind of class on the Pentecostal church, you know, it's because the church was the first place we had power. And so Mm -hmm. we take it seriously, even generations past slavery, where like, you will call me elder because I've earned this title. But um, so that was what I I was a little shocked by. The other piece I will say is um, when we were talking about the Clark Sisters movie, and you guys were telling me all these things. The that best I- streamed episode of the B Signal podcast. I just <laughs> want to point that out. Yeah. Guest starring Deidre. Um, Forget the other guy. Yeah. And another person. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jeremy. Yeah. But even as you guys were talking about some of the things, the backstories that happened, I didn't know because I didn't grow up here. Mm. And so Hillsong, Bethel, all of that to me was Jamaican churches sing Jamaican songs. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like we we did do now they do praise and worship in that way, but we were singing hymns and the songs of Zion by a Kingston. Mm-hmm. We uh-huh. weren't singing shout <laughs> to the Lord. We weren't doing any of that. Our churches were very um sheltered in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would sing, and I think the same is probably true with like African churches as well. We had our own group of gospel artists singing that type of stuff that was like reggae soca infused and that's yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. coming up, like I know Shout to the Lord, but it wasn't like something I listened to, never been particularly interested in. I think they have too many words and too many feelings. Oh. Um 
So that part, wait, you just broke me Alicia's heart because <laughs> we, we actually do love CC. We love the words. You know, Alicia, Alicia almost talked me into doing missionary offering, um, singing um, "Whenever You Need Somebody" by Plus One and Natalie Grant. And we were gonna we were gonna change the course of Greater Mount Calvary. We were just gonna change the game. I don't think, I don't think it will change. So um you guys still we, working we on that bring plan? All of the other music. We were like, oh, yeah. oh, you think gospel's great. Listen, wait till you we do this. And, and, and <laughs> those words, all them words up on the screen and the fires in the background. Yes. Do you know what doesn't happen at a Jamaican church? That because that. we're singing real, 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 Christ so real to me. That's it. We will sing that for an hour. Fire, 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 fire. Another yes. hour, and yes. the whole place will turn over, uh-huh. and the fire will fall. You know what? We didn't need a lot of words. All I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying. Let us sing. The water is troubled. We can sing that for hours. And it's line. We the, the Jamaican church is like a Hezekiah Walker fire. We just sing in one line over that is true. and over and over on a loop. We're going to take it up. We're going to bring it back down. That's all uh-huh. we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another song. <laughs> but to that point, that's interesting that you said that because there was an era um, in gospel music where you didn't have to do too much. You, you get you a solid scripture and you can build around that, even if it was a little, you know, lyrically long, like, you would just get to that chorus, Jesus, my help, boom, 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 and you would modulate that at 50, even down to, um, 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 all right, all right, Milton Bronson, all right, all right, and they would say it like 50 times, mm-hmm. and, you know, all you knew was that Jesus right. would make it all right. Yeah. <laughs> And I felt it and I knew it and I believed it. That's all, you know, so I, I, it's curious now, like when you're talking about music in the church and looking at how Hillsong did it to where it it became more of like mirroring what's happening um, or paralleling what's happening on mainstream radio and then making it relevant to the church. Interesting. I thought that was very interesting too. Oh, but Alicia, I I feel like you and your- That's always how music goes. Like they always parallel what is current. Like when the um, the Hawkins started doing what they were doing. Like who? Man had his chest hairs out on on the cover of the record. And and now- like these days, we're like, oh my God, that was so amazing. And we still sing it and it still goes hard. I mean, how we can sing Thank You, Lord, and go in. That song is 17 right minutes long mm-hmm. and there are 18 features in it. And we can go in on it and 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 all of the things that are, <laughs> if, if we think about Hillsong and all of their scandals, if we look at that 17 minute video, all of the scandals are in there, all of them. We need to do another episode to talk about that. You are correct, but we won't do that right now because if you look at how that song goes hard, we're off topic. I'm not spending two hours with you guys. I'm saying it right no, now. No, 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 I got you. I'm looking at the clock. <laughs> I need to set my own boundary. That's me setting my boundary. <laughs> that song goes hard and there is so much not going on in the song, but if we were to talk about holiness in the church, there are so many examples of things that we say should not happen of the people leading the song. Mm-hmm. And we still, we love it. 
And that goes from Walter Hawkins, Edwin Hawkins, all the way down. Mm-hmm. And we're okay with it. So right. let me, which is why the Hillsong thing, and this is where we come back to Hillsong, which is why the Hillsong documentary didn't surprise me, didn't, you know, like I wasn't shocked or anything because it's not anything we haven't seen before, aside from the fact that these are white people. It's just making not American white people. Right. But I don't know. I think, I think that's a very, I understand why you're saying that, Leisha, right? Because I think from the level of exposure that you've had. <laughs> oh, no, that came out wrong. That came out wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's because you, you, you grew up in a different, you, you had some exposure to different things than we Right. Had. Well, and not only Thanks. that. All right. All right. That yeah, awesome. that came. Thank you so much. <laughs> See, that's why I have you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but along with that. <laughs> yeah. Along with that, I think because um, of your experience just seeing gospel music from the background, and both of you have served in capacities where you just understand the system of how a church is run. For you guys, <laughs> it's not surprising. I think for me, because my lens is very limited, I've only been a member of three churches. One was um, Methodist. Um, I know Deidre is hard. Um, one was Methodist. Let's see how many churches I've been a member of. I think I've only been three, four, three. this is the fourth, yeah. Yeah. Same here. One was Methodist, and then the last two have been Pentecostal. And then with my second church, that was just me being exposed to how that specific church right. ran. And then just understanding the reality that just because you have title doesn't mean that, you know, what happens mm-hmm. on Sunday morning is what happens Monday through Saturday. You know, right. that's that's where I chalk that up. But it's funny now as I get older, I'm, I love my church where I'm at now. Bless solid teaching. Um, and balanced teaching. But what I'm discovering, and more so what the reason why I'm feeling like I'm shocked is just understanding that church as a culture, right? We have really, um, nothing's new under the sun. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's that's where the awakening part of me is just starting to be like, wow, okay. So there are a lot of practices that have seeped in to the church that aren't necessarily um for lack of a better term ethical um biblical <laughs> um or that are even beneficial to the people that they're supposed to be serving mm-hmm. um another harsh truth that i knew that happened but i didn't think it happened on in every church was the amount of church hurt that was shown um by the people who were being interviewed and not to say I, I didn't know about church hurt, right? But to see it in that context away from my realm of, uh, of, of exposure. Um, it was just very interesting to see the people crying and just being like, I, okay, you have a different perspective. I'm sorry. No, it's not that. It's, I think Leisha and I probably have the same perspective. That wasn't real church hurt. <laughs> that was you for the first time. And this is like my assessment. Don't know these people. They're describing my whole life in church. Mm-hmm. Working tirelessly, not getting paid. That's church. 
The only people get paid. So that was where I was working my way to. I was yeah. so you, you you got me there quicker because if that was the case, you could be crying, I could be crying, you know. Um, I'm not on this podcast to protect the innocent. I'll tell you about church for in another time. Leisha knows I can tell you about it. Yeah. But the what they were describing, and that's the first episode for me was like, you know, showing up early, getting prepared. I have been the part of two startups. So literally putting chairs out in a um high school auditorium right feeling you know sound in and you know with our current church that was a startup and that was a little you know those things i've been parts of that so i understand that i understand the serving because you know what i can play the piano i just didn't capitalize on it so i wasn't smart enough to learn to play the organ so i could get paid to play at church right all these like non-payable skills that we (laughs) (laughs) non-compensated skills so that's always been a thing. I think when I listened to them talk the first episode, I was like, y'all, that's church. But so that was, that was okay. You got me to where I was going with my question though, because it's like, what was it really that they were really crying or where, where was the hurt, right? Because like, don't say names. I remember being on Ministries <laughs> with you, Deidre, and feeling the same way. Oh God, all three of us were on that ministry. I just realized uh-huh. it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember being on that ministry and, you know, really getting into it, you know, the work of building that particular ministry. And then the moment when certain things disappoint you, when you feel hurt or what have you. Um, for me personally, I had people that I could go talk to and I just figured it out with the help of those people, right? Um, and I'm just wondering, do, did the documentary do a good job of actually explaining the difference? I, I think it did. It just in the, in the fact that for those who weren't steeped in church, we have all been steeped, soaked, dipped, dropped, dragged in this all, the it, all in church. So our perspective is going to be a little bit different because we've experienced all of those things. Like we're like, Oh my gosh, that's nothing. Let me tell you a story. Um, (laughs) But you know, like for people and especially like if we're talking about this, this church and these, you know, people have not been to church and this is their first experience with church and, and then equating that to Jesus and like, this is my first experience with him. Oh my gosh. But no one is... really talked about Jesus. That's the other they part. Talk church. They and... talked about Hillsong. Sorry to cut you. I just, oh, my no, used to always say to me, when someone at church would offend me or hurt my feelings when I was coming up, did you come here to serve God or did you come here to serve man? And I think the Hillsong in thing was, if we go back and it's the first episode where they talk to a lot of the volunteers, mm-hmm. I like to call them volunteers. Cause that's not what we were called. We, we, we just go here and you're a member yeah. and this is what you you're do. a member. Um, okay. None of them talked about it shaking their faith. They mm-hmm. talked about Brian hurt my feelings and I had all my faith in Brian. Right. When Brian did this. I was devastated. Right. Jesus, you know, did something to me. Or, you know, I prayed and it didn't work out. None of that. 
it wasn't a, it, it didn't appear to be, because again, these are people's feelings. It didn't appear to be a crisis of faith. It, it was a crisis of personality. Right. That's was. good, actually. And so um, this is why I'm the highest rated guest. On this. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, you know, but that's, that's what it boils down to. And a lot of church hurt, when you really think about it, is related to, I joined this church because my friend was the pastor. Mm-hmm. And I expected certain things because <laughs> so my friend is the pastor. So I expect if I sing, like if I was getting five solos at my other church, now that I'm at my friend's church, I should be the praise and worship leader. I should, every time he doesn't want to preach, I should be up because he knows that I can, you know, move the crowd, whatever. And then when people leave churches and you ask them, it's really about, I didn't get to do what I want. Mm who are angry at God there's a difference mm-hmm. something that you know someone who I love died something like that and so I'm struggling with my faith in God because I expected him to heal me I expected him to deliver me I expected that that's not what happened in that documentary I had my faith in Carl Lentz and his right. weird thing on a man where the feet cut yeah that's not that's not weird in real life I've only seen it on TV like you know I love my husband but we, it, it doesn't work like that but um you have to be really in shape to to get that right there, right you know how many layers of fat you have to work out to get to right. that stage right that's, but it was never they never talked about and now I can't serve God they said I won't go to Hillsong because Carl hurt my feelings right and and that's that's a difference to me because did anyone walk away and say Jesus failed me right he it said, was Carl failed me Brian failed me Brian but, it was Hillsong. but can you say this is that the same conversation with the young lady I think it was episode two where she was talking about how Carl well I guess it is because I'm about to repeat what you just said in the example but Carl made me feel bad because I had sex out of marriage and you know he made me and my partner feel horrible but then when he gets caught right you know then how am i how am i supposed to feel after you made me feel less than um well, i just I mean, but but again i think and and maybe i'm just jaded about church because i've been in it so long. <laughs> like i i'm i remember having to stand up in front of the church and i didn't even I didn't even have intercourse. I just like kissed a guy or something, but it was, oh my gosh. Like I stood in front of church and I'm so sorry, Lord. And I'm sorry to church and I disappointed you. <laughs> I, I'm repentant. I won't ever do it again. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've had to, I did that as a teenager, like all the time. Cause I was just horrible. And, people. Um, and just, I just, I, <laughs> It is what it is, and I, but I understand it because I've been in that situation where I had to stand up in front of some, in front of the church, and then the person who told me I need to stand in front of them got caught up in something else, and so now I'm like, Ooh. but you know, I just want to say, go on record as saying that it didn't surprise me because again, steeped in church, it's always been a thing, but the like, I think the thing that I missed. And to the point that we were making is that we're talking about relationships with people. We're talking about how people made us feel a certain way. People made them feel a certain way. They bought into the idea of a thing and it is per the documentary devoid of Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
But I don't think the documentary did a good job of separating the two ideas. I think the way that it was produced, But most people don't. And honestly. it depends on the filmmaker, one could argue, because if the filmmaker was a believer, mm-hmm. then maybe the maybe the the spin would have been more focused that way. This was an expose designed to do exactly what it did, get us talking right. and being shocked. And you know how much time I spend on the TikTok. There's a whole movement of people, white evangelicals deconstructing, saying all of these things that to Leisha's point, we've been living for years. Mm-hmm just living did you know that well i will say they are evil geniuses when it comes to that music when they're like sing this song today and our offerings will go up, get higher i was like is that how this works yeah. that is fascinating would they talk about that but that just speaks to the privilege that comes with generational wealth and being savvy and business owners that we mm-hmm. we're, we're getting there yeah. you know look at anwa we're we're modeling it now but yeah. we're we're behind way behind so to your point though if you are part of the organization that you just mentioned and you see something a documentary like this do you or do they look at this and say okay these are some things to (laughs) you don't think they do anything i don't know like i'm not by any means saying that that organization is corrupt or anything I've shared with Leisha specifically how fascinated I was when Mm -hmm. he came on the scene and the way the churches were popping up all over the country and the fact that they were debt free things that churches, black churches typically couldn't attain, but like paying off mortgages within a nut or buying buildings, all cash. That was impressive to me. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought like, I really did, but you said there's nothing new under the sun that he'd come up with, he's a very intelligent man. He's a doctor, all of these things, a PhD. He had come up with a model where he was essentially franchising churches and mm-hmm. building this brand. And I thought it was amazing. And then I watched Hillsong and I was like, oh, oh, there it is. Hillsong. Yeah. Got it. Just like Elevation is just American Hillsong. It's, they saw it work and they knew that music is it. Mm-hmm. Elevation, we're we're just, they just got a Grammy, by the way. Right now, they did. They did yeah. just get a Grammy. That's some, yeah. yeah. Some, you know, Elevation's doing it. Anwa has their own label, and they're doing music. They've seen it work. I'm not mad at that. But again, none of this seems to, according to what we saw in the documentary, lead back to Christ. We're mad because we helped you build a fortune, and we don't see anything from it. Mm-hmm. because we went to Australia to your university and the meal plan was trash and we were eating, I don't know, Vegemite, whatever Australians eat, Ooh, I'm not God, sure. No. Um, and koalas, that's all you offered us. Yeah. We're, oh no. <laughs> uh, I know Vegemite for sure. I don't know the, the national. To all Australians <laughs> listening to this broadcast. <laughs> we Vegemite, love you. We do like it on toast. I do okay. know this. Um, but none of this speaks to now I will never serve. Because the one thing, again, that my grandmother instilled in me is no matter how much some man offends you, mm-hmm. is your relationship with him or is your relationship with God? And not all of us have that foundation. So when you listen to them, for some of us, it sounds like whining because that's you're just describing church. And I, I think... It sounds like whining. That's... Let's- not define it as whining 
They're just telling their truth. Their truth. Because, you know, they didn't know anything other than that. They, this is all new to them. And now you hurt me in this space that I, you know, I thought I was valued and then I realized I wasn't valued. Do you think that there's a culty aspect to it? There's a what? I didn't hear. So that was going to be my next point that I wanted to go to um, because they had the cult specialists on the documentary. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to, again, I had to come out of my churchy self, you know, and be like, we are not a cult. You know, that's where I went to immediately. But then I just listened to what they were saying. And it was a lot of internal conversation on my part, like, okay, is this a cult? on what they're describing. Um, I I personally don't think it is quote unquote a cult. Traditional sense. Not in a traditional sense. I disagrees. Oh, Miss Hall, Archie. I I just, I I just. Archie. Can I just just say that was my favorite part of the Tyler Perry movie that just came out. Archie. I don't know what you're talking about. Archie? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Archie. I you have to see that part. It is awesome. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I just think that we we don't want to associate it with the cult because we, we've seen those behaviors before. Again, steeped in church. A lot of the things that churches do, even the three or four that we've all belonged to in our lifetimes have done that could be from an outsider's perspective, cult-like. Um, so again, it is not uncommon to us that these things occur that and they happen in this way, that we buy into the concept of church and how this particular church is run. And if we talk about it in a secular sense, like what, what, why are you, why are you doing that? for free I, I every do, week you're, but it's no oh go ahead DJ. i do think to, there's some normalization of it i didn't know that hillsong came out of assemblies of god which um was interesting to me bella goes to an assemblies of god school and essentially mm-hmm. i just call them um white apostolics uh because that's what they are there's it's the same kind of very rigid mm-hmm. holiness um skirts no divorce those kinds of things and so I guess when I look at that and you saying that, Leisha, there is when I wasn't wearing pants, when I wasn't wearing makeup, when mm-hmm. hair wasn't permed, people thought we were nuts. Mm-hmm. And because we had been, for lack of a better term, indoctrinated to believe that this was holiness. And then mm-hmm. until, again, back to what, wow, she's getting all the shout outs. Say my grandmother said, until you know things for yourself, And so I do think there's an onus on you with anything, a job, a school, a church, to do the necessary research to make sure this aligns with what you want to do. One of the things that I enjoy so thoroughly, um, hopefully he won't hear me, about Buford is Buford didn't grow up in the same type of church we did. And so sometimes I'll say things and he'll be like, that's ridiculous. What are you doing? (laughs) And, And my first instinct is to be annoyed, like, well, this is what do but then when you someone else who Mm -hmm. says like that's not normal right then you know it's a mirror back to you but if you don't 
And I, I also think, and then I'm going to stop. The culty piece is that in some instances in the Hillsong documentary, especially in the New York church, it sounds like they went out looking in a city where you're very lonely for people Mm -hmm. to belong. Now, Mm. is that their fault or is that your fault? Mm. Mm. And I think to, to that same angle, um, playing the other side a little bit, the same things are done with sororities, fraternities, you know, some of these fan clubs, you know, um, Potter, Mom, you know, all the things I love. All, you, you commit to something, to an idea, to an organization that's like, if you're a part of this, you know, and if you give whatever time, money, you know, if you volunteer, um, you know, these are the benefits that you will receive. Um, and in the same way, um, the same type of deception, hurt, um, manipulation, all the words that they use, I don't think it's unique to, quote unquote, the church. Um, and I felt like watching the documentary, um, clearly it was about Hill's song, but I don't know um, when they were talking about the cult-like behavior um, if they did a good job of just differentiating or explaining the nuances, like you just broke down, Deidre, um, that I guess that comes with that whole subject matter, if that makes sense. I, I think so. I also think that that cult lady was, I'd like to see her credentials because she was very also very focused on the abuse perpetrated by his father. Yeah. Not so much on the behavior of the organization. Right. So her focus was on them protecting him, but not really about what. So that was the other part for me that was very triggering um, because I've heard that language before. Um, protect your pastor, you know, and mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I get it. Like, you're not going to talk about my pastor in any way, especially because I know the life that he leads, um, that he means it. And he's Bible a thousand percent you know, and he's more than integral. So this isn't about my pastor, right? But at the same time, I've seen pastors that have literally um, manipulate people and have done things. And, you know, people will still go hard for them. <laughs> it's just like, no, you're- Let me, let me tell you something. At what point is that about the person, again, or the personality, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's the conversation that I was waiting for from the documentary that that just didn't. But then that was probably not their goal. More of an expose, as and it was more of an expose as opposed to them just trying to get balance to the subject oh, matter. There's no, there's no balance in the expose. It's like here's all the bad stuff, boom, right, boom, right, bang, pow. Um, but I think, um, you know, our expectation, especially for a church is that we we hold them to a higher standard right because yeah. they're they're connected to a higher power so it should be better it should so no you know, preachers and sneakers be, <laughs> right <laughs> that part i did i mean i understood it kinda, i know that guy but, it's great he's he's amazing um but again i'm also not of the mindset that pastors should live in poverty do i think there should be balance absolutely do could we pull through i was i was talking about bishop's love offering um in relation to no no no. you think i'm going one way but i'm i'm not 
but in relation to how pastors have talked about taking money from their their congregation <laughs> and the church I left before I came here my pastor and to this day the bishop still works like a full-time job he's an accountant and I asked him because the church is sizable mm -hmm. why are you still working and he said because my family likes vacations and I don't want to put that on the church to my family wants two vacations a year i have three kids that are going to have to put through college that's a level of integrity that he has right and i've seen other people um and i use bishop's love offering as an example because i'm not taking a salary you can do or not do what you want during this time and support or not support and i get money from my preaching engagements and the same is true for T.D. Jakes, like he doesn't take a salary from the church, but he also is a producer and books and all of these things. Right. Again, I think that there is a point where people can say they shouldn't have. Um, but I don't question why the CEO of my company's house is bigger than my neighborhood. Right. That part. And and I think I, I, I think we we've never we've never figured out the balance between right. church and work like there are people i mean the church is an organization and there needs to be structure and that structure can mirror what a business looks like there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing inherently wrong with that it is when we take utilize the structure more than we utilize the the leading of god mm. and then and that's when it goes awry and that's when you have all the issues and the problems and then people can't see the forest for the trees at the end of the day, like we have to understand one, people are people. Like we are people, we are humans, we are not Jesus, we are not God, we we are we are children of God. And if we think about it, like if we think about being children to our parents, how many times do we misrepresent our parents? Like it it is what it is. And we're gonna mess up, we're gonna fail, we're gonna do things bad, we're gonna do things horribly bad. But if we do not do the work to correct the bad things, if we do not, if we have a mindset that is devoid of Jesus, then we can all be part of an expose. It just made me remember that or, or focus um, on as we migrate through the times that we're in now, just to make sure that we're representing Christ the best way that we can, but then also not not to get too spiritual, but not having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. And I think for me, that was the thing that I kept going back to. Um, We're not salt and light. We haven't been for a long time. Yeah, I think we it's segregated. Mm -hmm. um, we have seen that our brethren that do not look like us who hold up the same bloodstained banner do not care for us yeah do mm. not love us mm. but that's historical like mm -hmm. that goes back pre this world like if we go back to the old world if we go back to england if we go back to that that goes without saying and so we go to church and we're completely isolated and we hang out with other church people and we talk about other church stuff and that's what we do yeah mm -hmm. and um all this did was expose what we've already known oh. again, with the exception of, and I won't even say that you're right, Leisha, because we've heard the pedophile story in other churches. We've heard the, the um, 
inappropriate conduct with both boys and girls in other churches and other spaces. This is a little different because they are millionaires. But we've also watched more recently during a hurricane where a mega church in Texas didn't give shelter. Like, this is not new. Mm -mm. You know, this stuff isn't new, right? So (laughs) Brian's processing. So (laughs) well, my question was, and I'm not trying to be funny or defend. I'm asking because I really don't know. Was that proven to be true? Or did the guy just show the video of the church being closed? Because I that... They put them, they called them out and then they did something to counteract that, but they called them out. And again, if we talk about, and maybe this is also the social worker in me, if there's a need, our mandate is to try to fill it. Mm -hmm. So we should never be called out because um, let's think zombie apocalypse. We would want to think that the church would open during the zombie apocalypse to give us shelter, right? I feel like the pastor would be a zombie, so I wouldn't go. Well, okay. you know, no, well, that's that happened. That just happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. The hope, the hope is that when I'm struggling, the church is my refuge. And we we all know that there are times when it is and there are times when it's not. But what is becoming prevalent and why people are deconstructing, why there's exposés is because more often than not, we're not. Mm-hmm. And we're that's not. true. That's true. I think, and I think that's why I feel like that's why in this particular space with the, the expose that it's so, that it's so jarring in it, so jarring to others outside of the church because they've never seen it. But to us who have been in it, it's like, um, you know, we've known churches not to help out certain people. We know churches who've had you know, they, okay, you ask once, I want to go and say no, just, just like if you go to social services, so, and you ask for food the first time, they're going to say no. And then the next time they'll say, okay, we'll give you a little bit of money. And then the next time they'll help you, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we are not unfamiliar with the church, not being the church. Mm. We, are, we are familiar with the church running services on Sundays and maybe a midweek service doing, uh, you know, major holiday giveaways, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, back to school. Okay. We'll get that. But when the lady down the street needs something tomorrow, hmm, that's, that's, you know, hit or miss. I, I, I will say, and, um, again, not just because this is my church, but one of the things that changed my perspective of what a church does is when we did community day the first time where I'm at now, it is just understood that it, it is expected that everyone, whether you're a musician, whether you're an uh, uh, a usher, whether you do media, you know, that at the heartbeat of what we're doing, we're trying to reach out to the community and serve and, you know, along with everything else that we do, whether it's a Sunday morning service, whether uh-huh. it's a midday, like that's- and essentially that, being what the church, church should, should be. Should be. And so- That's what we're doing. Right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when I participated in community day, um, and I, I did a video about it, primarily because I was just inspired by the visuals, um, just to see members from the Capitol Heights community walking in, getting stuff for free, not having to do anything, giving haircuts away, right? And 
all these things was happening and it made an impact. And of course we presented the gospel to them, gave them Jesus, you know, um, and that, that was awesome. That's the great commission, go ye out into all the world. But along with doing that part, we were able to supply and, and serve in a tangible way to see it and then to see the impact of it. Um, it has forever changed me um, to really understand what the church is for. Um, and it's helped me to really appreciate the people um, that walk past the church, you know, and just to say, hi, good morning. How are you? You know, um, I hope you're having a good day. You should stop by the church, you know, or whatever, just having a conversation with people. Um, I think have participating in things like that really broadens the idea of what church could be. I, I remember when um, our pastor was really talking about evangelism and yeah. outreach. Yeah. And he was talking about why would you not invite people if this is what God is doing for you, blah, 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 blah. And some most more often than not, when people talk about stuff like that, I totally block them out. I'm an elder in the Lord's church. I'm doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but one of the times he spoke about it, I was like, huh, I think you're right. Yeah. And I shared with him, church was my place. And I didn't want, because we're allowed and demonstrative, I didn't want to invite somebody and have to explain that in my place where I come for what I need. Yeah. And so there was a selfishness in it for me to invite people like I would invite you if you went to a loud church, then come over to my loud church this Sunday. We could be loud together. Yeah. But never like someone out on the street because now I got to explain. And I and, and so that was a selfish piece for me. And that piece is one, but it didn't change again for me what I do as far as. As. Aggressive brash of all the things that I know I am. There's no one who I work with or interact with that doesn't know that I love Jesus. Mm. And if there's somebody sick or something, they'll be like, you know, Deidre can pray, right? And so that speaks to something that I must be doing. And because you guys are part of my circle, you know that that sounded really facetious, but you, I mean, my close friends, um, <laughs> you know that that's not who I am. Like I was joking. I don't say, hello, I love Jesus. And I went to seminary. I don't do that. Cause I think that's weird. Yeah, I think you did that one time. Just saying. Um, I did it earlier just that, but not <laughs> as a rule. But I, I'm saying like, if you're doing, if when I describe you, Brian, I say, I use words like pure, I, I'm coming. Um, and things like that, because that's your heart. And that permeates through everything you do. Wow. And so again, where we've struggled and what that expose showed me is that, again, nobody was talking about when I was, when I was hungry, they fed me. When I was naked, they clothed me. Right. It was, they hurt my feelings and they overworked me and I didn't get paid. And in a generation that's entitled and all of these things, of course, they're going to be exposed, even though they've been doing this for years. Cause this generation, what is it? Z? Mm -mm. They don't play that. Where are we now? Are we on Z now? No, I think alpha. Alpha, alpha, whatever. Something. They don't it's, play those kind of things. There has to be a return on on the investment. And so this is why in this season, people are getting exposed the way they are because the generations previous, we would never right. because our reward is in heaven. Mm -hmm. But right. this, this generation, 
pay me what you owe. Right. I put in this work. I need something back in return. Right. And so, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It just holds us to a higher level of accountability mm-hmm. because this generation is not going to play these games anymore. If you're going to sit me down because I'm having sex, then everyone who's having sex needs to be sat down outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, and to that point, a whole podcast. that's a whole nother podcast. Um, Leisha, you host that part. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, to that point, what did you, I, I just want to touch on it real quick. Um, I, to, I think DJ asked me earlier, was I surprised about Carl Lentz or anything? No, I wasn't surprised about that part. Um, what I found interesting, um, I didn't know that he actually preached holiness until he, until I watched the documentary. <laughs> I just thought he hung out with Justin Bieber, honestly. <laughs> But I just thought he hung out with Justin Bieber. I really thought he was a life coach that hung out with Justin Bieber, Kevin Garnett. There was, I think maybe Russell Westbrook. Like there were certain celebrities. Really? I just thought he was a life coach. I, didn't I thought, he, yeah. I don't follow him a song like that. I, I thought that when Justin Bieber was going through his pseudo Chris Brown phase and was trying to be like bad boy and they said, oh, he's with Carl Lentz now. I was like, oh, great. Who's that? You know, because that was my first time even like, you know whatever well, I, I think it's maybe because i knew like he went to a church um the wave church that they implicated that the city yeah and i knew people that went to wave in virginia beach in virginia beach right um so actually uh my bestie used to go there um so and so you know when he was you know elevated to pat senior pastor in new york like it was a big deal because they were like oh my gosh my friend carl blah, blah blah and then people who lived in new york who went to the church i knew people that did that and so you know i knew who he was and i knew of his influence i knew how charismatic he was but again especially in the black church as many charismatic people as we have people follow the charisma people follow that people fall in line for that well, and, and people jesus was all of those things right i don't i feel like jesus wasn't like he was dynamic he wasn't like charismatic, was charismatic and we model this we model the things we do to be christ-like right mm-hmm. but the reality of it is we've 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 um We've elevated people to godlike status, and they're not. I think godlike. that's what it is. I, um, I think again, like I shared earlier, Buford's the highlight of that. Don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. You just gonna keep doing that. Like it just doesn't make any sense. But if you if you've grown up in it, mm-hmm. it, it makes perfect sense. And I found myself explaining things, and then as I'm saying them out loud, I'm like, that doesn't make doesn't sense. make sense. Yeah, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah, right. And I think to your point, Jesus was charismatic, but I think the difference that's not being matched with Jesus in the spirit of humility, um, from my POV, is that along with the charisma, there was also evidence or 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 um, a life that backed up the charisma, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you're going to take on that people laugh at me because like, well, Brian, you should be a minister. You should no, because there is a weight and responsibility that comes with it. That if you're not going to do it right, or if you're not going to do it and be consistent with it, you know, then I dare not make a mockery (laughs) of, of that office, you know, and it's okay. It's okay. If you know that you're not there, you know, but 
I I get scared for people who do take the titles. Like there was this moment, and I think it's still happening, where people were just becoming bishops overnight, and they would just go everybody's, and everybody's a somebody. Yeah, and and to me, it's just like, okay, so what? Did you just want the acknowledgement? Did you want the power? Did you want the title? Did you want the acclaim? Because those are all the wrong reasons to get a title for anything. You know what I mean? And there also should have gray hair. That's how I feel about it. I'm not. I'm not following your 40 year old apostle. Just not. I love it. Um, <laughs> I, I think there has to be a level of conviction with the things of God, in my opinion. You know, whereas that that you just don't mishandle <laughs> things, including yourself. You know, we are the temple of God. You know, so that that just hits differently when you examine just how you live your life as a but, Christian. But as know. a Christian, just bottom just line. About bottom line. Like this is just how we should be. Now we flub <laughs> that up way too many times. Way too many times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and then you want to be in this office because you want a title. No, there's some there's some other stuff that come with that. That comes with it, you know. And, and uh, um, um, I forgot the uh, the story in the Bible, but a priest's sons, they were waving strange fire in the temple. And, you know, God took care of it. It's like, you're not going to misrepresent the things of God, mishandle the things of God. And I what think- What would he do if he just- Heaven, not me. Yeah. I, I pray, like, God have mercy. You know, I just stay in a constant place of prayer. You know, we're not, we're not ready. Yeah. And I think the bigger piece of it is the Gavins, the Bellas, as we bring them up mm-hmm. in this thing, because that's what we're doing. We're, mm-hmm. we're most of it for us is generational, right? Right. Yeah. I'm here because my grandmother raised me here. I'm a pew baby. Um, Bella is a pew baby. And so Gavin is a pew mm-hmm. baby. Like, you know, <laughs> when you think about all of these things, and I, I talk, I, I, I enjoy, and I've said this to both of you, um, the Bella School, like the white evangelicals, we're going to drill purity culture into her head mm. <laughs> because that's what I would like for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a balance that I have to show in regards to what are you learning? What are you seeing? What are you, what, what, are, what example are we giving you? Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's not Pastor Jay's responsibility to teach my child how to behave appropriately. It's not Carl Lentz. It's not any of them. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that we consistently do in church is, again, we put all of our love and focus. We're tithing when we're happy with the pastor. We're Mm -hmm. showing up when he's doing something that we like. I'm not going to show up this week because I, I like this person preaching and not. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. But it's kind of like, and then I really am done. I always used to joke about people who do certain things in ministry. It's because they really want to sing or preach and they just want to be involved. So they pick up other things. I'm not going to give examples because I'm better in my older age. But people have been pretending to be oh, I'm being serious right now. Church famous for so long. And it's not about winning souls. It's about being church famous. Right. You know, I want to be an interit preacher and be flowing through the airport in my half dressed church clothes as I fly in or fly out. Leisha teases me about this all the time because I love to make turnaround trips. Mm -hmm. But that's not what God God did not call me to be flying across the nation. Mm -hmm. 
called me to win souls in this cul-de-sac. And I'm not, if I'm not doing that, I'm not doing it. And so when we look at these huge churches and we speak about community, how are you serving a community when you're so big that, and none of the people who go to this church live in, this in your community, community. Hmm. those mega churches in the city, most of the people go there, live in the suburbs and drive into the city to the church. Right. right. And that's why it's easy to be disconnected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I um, want to end uh, right here. I think this was probably one of the more, I don't want to say challenging, but just one that forced me to think a little bit harder um, just at a, an organization that I'm proud to be a part of. I'm, I'm proud to be a Christian and I'm proud to be a part of my church and I'm proud to be part of the kingdom of God. Um, and I don't shy away from any of that, but at the same time, I also understand, uh, the weight of just making sure that saying that you are a part of said things, that it's not just in word, but that you are really walking it out in a way where your light is shining, um, and that people are really being affected by your witness in a positive way. Um, and that for me overall, just as a project, um, I've watched it like four times in a row just because I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued with it. Um, and I've just taken away lessons of things that to not only so much to avoid, but that we can just grow from and mindsets that both of you pointed out, um, that are, that we can leave in the past and into traditionalism and just, you know, what's part of the culture and really just saying, okay, what can we do to push the conversation forward? Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I thank you, Deidre, for uh, pushing me outside of my comfort zone and making me talk about this. <laughs> and I, I hope I that- um, I can, so I have to pick things that I watch so that we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like, we'll have, oh wait, we didn't talk about Peacemaker. We got to circle back for that. Yeah. Now we just went from Hillsong to Peacemaker. It, so, um, okay. That next time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Now see the range here. We just went from Hillsong to Peacemaker. Like and I love my sh- talk about Moon Knight, but again, I haven't started it yet. It's heavy I'm- and loud. It's it's very interesting. It's good. It's just um, we're not talking about that right now. But we will okay. talk about it. I need to start it. Maybe I'll do that while I eat dinner tonight. Um, Anyway, that's it for the B-Signal podcast. (laughs) You guys have been a great, great. Thank you for listening. Deidre, how can the people find you? Do you want them to find you? I'm good. I just want to come on Ryan's podcast and talk about things that interest me. That makes sense. And you can do that anytime. Okay. What's that, carp lunch? Did I say that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever you want. Leisha, how can the people find you? You can find me at L-A-E-L-L-C on all uh, social media platforms. Um, but uh, L-A-E for Leisha Archie Enterprises, LLC. Or Lay. Yes, Lay. <laughs> I'm a limited liability corporation. So uh, L-A-E-L-L-C. And um, yeah, hit me up for any of your uh, photographic needs, uh, consultations for marketing and branding. And also at therealyou.life. So you can find out how to become restored, elevated, affirmed, and liberated. In and for, oh, that's good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, that was it. Okay, good times. And for more information on the B-Signal Podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at B-Signal Podcast, or you can visit us at thebsignalpodcast.com. You can also visit me to find out uh, what projects I'm working on as far as the filmmaking stuff at 
BAnthonyCG, or you can just go to BAnthonyCG.com. I am B. Anthony, and thank you for listening to the B Signal podcast. Love you much. Bye. Are you thinking about doing a webinar? Have you thought about producing a podcast? Do you just want something recorded? Have you considered the Be Anthony Creative Group? We offer the best in all of those services and more. For more information, click on the link in the bio or visit our website, beanthonycg.com or go to our Instagram page at beanthonycg. I look forward to hearing from you. Again, go to beanthonycg.com for more information on the Be Anthony Creative Group.